This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Years we brought you the news. Printed the info, we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Change in market now threatens our lives. Hey, everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm the last man standing at valleyindy.org, a nonprofit news site. This is uh, my uh, bi weekly, weekly, whenever I do it podcast, sponsored by valleygivesback.org. So today is Friday. Happy Friday, January 11th, 2019. I wanted to get this online as quick as possible because there's a lot going on in the valley, specifically tomorrow in Derby, Saturday, January 12th. 10.30 a.m., Derby Middle School, 73 Chatfield Street. The fire department is having their promotion of rank ceremony. They'll unveil a new chief. That's happening 10.30 in the morning. Then at 2 p.m., Senator Chris Murphy, same location, Derby Middle School, 73 Chatfield Street on Saturday. Senator Chris Murphy is having a Valley Town Hall. So you can show up and uh, ask questions of a U.S. senator. How cool is that? Uh, doors open at 1.30, according to the information I have. And again, the event is at 2 p.m. So there was some news I want to go over real quickly uh, out of the city of Derby. I attended a subcommittee meeting of the Varka Building Future Use Ad Hoc Committee. That's the group charged with deciding what the city should do with the Varka Building. That's a former uh, manufacturing slash job training place for people with developmental uh, disabilities that ceased to exist, I guess, about a year ago, and the, the property reverted to Derby. It's, it's a long story. But anyway, the committee said that it'll cost about $3 million to get that building uh, repaired. It, it needs a, apparently extensive work uh, if they're going to use it uh, municipally. Is that a word? If they're going to use it as a, as a town building. They recommended to another committee that Derby unload it that they can't afford it and they should sell it and there is an interested buyer. So the Board of Aldermen has the ultimate say in that. I'm, I expect they'll make a decision, I don't know, maybe next month, February. So yeah, that was the subcommittee meeting. And at the end of this broadcast, I'll tack on the full meeting, the audio from the subcommittee meeting. And you can hear uh, why the committee members feel the way they do. And you can hear some members of the public comment who had a different opinion on how to use that property. So then there was a Board of Aldermen meeting last night, Thursday, January 10th. And the big news out of that was the aldermen and older women voted 7-2 to two to grant a tax incentive to AIEP. That's the company that purchased Marshall Lane Manor, the former Marshall Lane Manor at 101 Marshall Lane on the other side, or other side of Derby, uh, in East Derby. I live in West Derby. 
and they converted the building, dumped all this money into it, did all this uh, work to convert it into a dormitory for uh, international students who come to the country, primarily from China, and they go to area private schools. So it was a bit controversial. Uh, Alderwoman de Janeiro and Alderman D'Onofrio voted against the measure. It's about 15 grand a year for three years, and then uh, after that they go up and pay their full taxes. Uh, I'll have a story coming, so I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. Oh, by the way, uh, programming note, keep your ears peeled, people, because future episode of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie podcast, will feature retiring police chief Kevin Hale, city of Ansonia. He is going to come on. We're going to reflect upon his years uh, in law enforcement and his service to the community. I'm, I'm looking forward to that episode, and uh, I hope you are too. So... If you follow the Valley Indie on Facebook or Twitter, particularly after midnight, you'll notice that one of my passions in life, one of the things that I live for, uh, is arguing with readers. Just, you know, my philosophy, hey, the people who support you uh, by reading your site and sharing your content and uh, giving you positive uh, sort of reviews by word of mouth and maybe opening up their wallet or credit card once a year and donating to your website to keep you employed, why not make those people angry? If you're going to be condescending to someone, do it to the people who matter the most or to the person that matters the most. Also, potential employers. The other people you want to get angry. If anybody is, you know, if you're, we have a really big uh, uh, high school readership. So if you're looking to go into journalism, this is my advice to you. You want to first alienate readers and then secondly, alienate potential employers. Like we have the Hearst Company here in Connecticut. They own all the newspapers and basically all media that you consume is somehow related to the Hearst Corporation out of New York City. Whenever I get a chance, I throw shade at them, you know, because we all know the Valley Indy is going to be here for 100 years, right? I'm never going to need another job. Anyway, what I'm referencing is uh, last night, actually early this morning, about nine hours ago, uh, 1 a.m., I came across an article by the Connecticut Post that rubbed me the wrong way, made me angry. And what do, you, what do we do when we're angry? Throw it on social media, man, it, which is great when you have 15,000 followers on your business page. That's that's good advice as well. So anyway, uh, I'll, I'll read the article and I'll explain my reaction to it. Of course, let's be honest here. Like I got scooped on a story. I knew both these things had happened. Uh, you know, but I, I got small man's disease. I'm sitting here, a one man show, and uh, it rubs me the wrong way. Uh, now that there's more Valley reporters at, at Hearst and uh, I got scooped, it, it hurts. So there's some ego here. I'll admit that. Okay, so the story is, uh, hold on, I got a magic machine here. It brings it right up. It's called a laptop. Derby officials optimistic amid dwindling downtown dining scene. Article is about Sherman's tap house closing and bar none closing. Bar none closed uh, over a month ago. Sherman's tap house more recently. Okay, my first issue was dining scene? Downtown dining scene? Okay, well, what's Derby downtown? is how like it's like 675 feet how many how many restaurants can you pack into the dining scene here it's from what bridge street to caroline and along and up to the green what 
Also, dining? Did, I, those were bars. I, okay, I know people went to Sherman's Tap House and uh, I saw some photos on Instagram on, on burgers and all that stuff, but these are primarily bars. Okay, so the dining scene, I kind of, that rubbed me the wrong way personally. Okay. Uh, and before like, I go on, I, I'm bummed that Bar None and Sherman's Tap House could no longer make a go of it uh, locally. I think that stinks because both were good places. Any business that opens up, you know, Derby and Ansonia specifically, because that's where I spend all my time, I am totally rooting for its success, and I hope we all are. Uh, it's I, The turnover here is disturbing uh, and, and concerning in general. You know, and I don't know what the answers are, but anyway, so my condolences to uh, the owners and the employees. So the first graph, in a matter of months, the number of Derby's downtown restaurants has dwindled to almost nothing following a pair of closings less than a mile from each other. Less than a mile. That phrase, a couple of phrases there in that first graph. Almost nothing. Less than a mile. It jumped out of my laptop, my magic machine here, and it poked me in the eye and stuck a banana up my nose because I thought like, oh, wait a second, two bars went out of business uh, in Derby, but they were less than a mile each. That's true, but what else is less than a mile? What other things are less than a mile? From Sherman's Tap House at 181 Main Street, I wonder. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. What's less than than half a mile away? Almost nothing. What's less than a quarter of a mile away? Oh, I know. Other bars. Bad Sons. Bar on Roosevelt Drive, less than half a mile away. Do Drop In. Heard of them? Kind of successful. Less than half a mile away. Let's go the other direction there. Uh, River Rock Tavern, former tailgaters, less than a mile away. Less than a mile away is the Hops Company. Packed all the time to the point, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it. Less than a mile away. I think if you look across from Derby, less than a mile away, more bars. My point being, and I didn't make this point well when I posted if you're going to do a trend story about two bars closing, you you set it up in the first graph as a as a trend story. You got to focus on the, what else is there. I mean, couldn't couldn't someone uh, throw out there that maybe the bar market is saturated because there's bars everywhere. How many bars do we have? If you just look at downtown Derby and and downtown Shelton, there's a lot. There's a lot of bars. Saturated market? I don't know. That's, I don't really know. So anyway, I put online uh, a reaction. I quoted from the story and I put it on a Facebook in the middle of the night. I threw shade at the Connecticut Post and then readers proceeded to pick me apart and are still doing so nine hours after the Post. But I quoted, I said, In a matter of months, the number of Derby's downtown restaurants has dwindled to almost nothing. Unquote. And I said not true. What I'm referencing is uh, the fact that there's almost nothing uh, in, in less than a mile from, from here. Uh, I don't get, I did not get hung up on the downtown restaurants. 
So I mentioned Roseland, Archie Morris, Twisted Vine, Valley Diner, Tipsy Tomato, Do Drop In, Bad Sons. So then people just proceeded to point out that Roseland is not in downtown Derby. Valley Diner, not in downtown Derby. Tipsy Tomato, not in downtown Derby. Do Drop In, not in downtown Derby. Bad Sons, not in downtown Derby. But it has economic impact. You can't write a business story about the economic, you know, the two businesses failing without mentioning the larger picture. I'm sorry, you got to venture outside downtown Derby because what is downtown Derby? A block? A path? It's so ridiculously small. How do you, two businesses closed. Okay, that does stink. I'm bummed by that. But to not mention that you know, the businesses were bars of which there are probably a lot, right? And they're all less than a mile. Is there anything in Derby that's not less than a mile? That was my point. I just thought it was a little flawed. That was it. And also, here's the thing. We have high turnover of businesses in Derby and Ansonia. I mean, the number of businesses that have come and gone. In my building alone, where I am, in Ansonia, it's incredible, the turnover. If I had to write a story about every business that closed, that's all I'd be doing. How many times can you call somebody up and be like, hey, why'd you fail? What happened there? What, were you making a million dollars a month? I just decided, ah, forget it. I'm going to close my doors. Not enough people go there. Because I know people people say they like positive news, but that is a lie because the web gives you the opportunity to see what people read in real time and real numbers. And people love a business closing story. So, but I don't know. We, To me, I'll share it if, if a business announces it on uh, on Facebook. I'll share it. But like, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's closing. I think it's kind of, it's sort of obvious. Oh, why it's closing, and, and, and I don't know. I just don't want to bother people with stuff like that. So anyway, that was really my point. Am I, am I making a point here? You know, yeah, I do know where downtown Derby is. I understand what the boundaries are, but I don't think it's proper, I guess. I don't know how to describe it, to do an article, a trend story, uh, without mentioning at least these, these other businesses, you know, the, sort of the bigger picture than just this hyper-local focus on uh, two businesses. I just thought there was another way to go uh, about the article. So anyway, that that's my two cents. And uh, apparently a lot of people disagree. Oh, another thing that I mentioned, uh, I don't know, I'm, I didn't, I grew up in Somers, New York, right? And we had to drive 15 minutes for anything. You want to go see a movie? That was a 15, 20 minute drive. You know, the grocery store was a little bit of a hike. You had to the town itself, I think, is 35 square miles, right? So it was a, it was a sort of a sprawl, urban sprawl, I guess. Bad, I don't know. But so when I moved up here, and maybe it's because I'm a reporter, like, I just kind of view the valley as sort of a singular place. Uh, you know, I my goods and services come from uh, downtown Ansonia, downtown Derby, uh, Shelton stretching up Bridgeport Avenue a little bit. I don't see them as these... I mean, one influences the other. They're not distinct communities separated by 35 miles. So it's bizarre to me to see a story just focusing 
especially Derby because it's so fluid. There's stuff right there. It was it was just weird to me. Uh, anyway, that's that's that. That that's my my two cents. So. Everyone out there, I just want to let you know that I'm okay. I, I I haven't lost my mind. I do know where downtown Derby is. I know what the boundaries are. And I do realize that Roseland, a successful business, a legendary successful successful business here in Derby, is not actually in downtown Derby. I get that. I think you could argue that its economic impact should be included on a story about the local economy. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Let's now listen to, if you will, the Varker Building Future Use Ad Hoc Committee, who revealed at uh, Thursday night's committee meeting that the city just can't afford, in their opinion, to fix up the Varka Building and, and to use it for public use because it's going to run about $3 million and uh, ain't nobody got that kind of money. Here we go. Okay, uh, anybody from the public like to speak? Anybody? Um, I think it's the first meeting, this is the second meeting, am I correct? Yes. And the first, I went to last month's meeting and I had asked if you had hired specific contractors for specific things in this building, like uh, the boiler, um, whatever, and to get prices. Did anybody do that? Yes, sir. It's all, so you got price on everything? Yes, sir. All right. No, I just wanted to make sure because that was a concern of mine mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody was rushing into it. And um, one other thing about this, uh, I hope we keep this building so we can bring the seniors there. And that building down here that the seniors are presently in would be a much better to sell to somebody, whatever organization you guys are planning on selling the building this way here. At least we can house the seniors on one flat versus three floors. Because when that elevator kicks out, nobody can get around. Everybody's standing up there. And it's been going out quite often. We just had to fix again. So, well, it just breaks out a lot, whatever. Uh, no, right, this is my public portion. Okay, please. <laughs> I'm not talking to you, I'm trying to work for that. And another thing, if you do sell that building, I'd like to see if you can put that in a separate account for a specific reason versus getting in, in, the, in the budget and steal this, or not steal, borrow this to pay them, and we won't know where the money is if we do sell it. Then we can get a separate account, and that money would just go to certain like, schools or whatever you're going to do. Okay, how you doing? But that's all I got today. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else from the public would like to speak? Anybody else from the public would like to speak? And last time, anybody else from the public would like to speak? Okay, public portion is closed. Um, number five, Varka Building uh, discussion and recommendation to the Board of Albany, all the Women Operations and Procedures Committee. Well, we have in front of us um, Johnson's Control, went through the building. recommendations uh, from the connected lighting, fire protection, security, DDC controls, roof replacement, mechanical, HVAC, uh, code compliance, solar PVZ option, 
that's an option, and a congeneration is an option. Uh, don't have to do that. But um, they have their price at approximately $3.5 million. How much? 3.5. I thought you said submitted $1 million last time I was there. That was just uh, figures talking about the roof. They're talking about the boilers. They're talking about everything that's in the building. It has to be changed. Um, it's a sprinkler. Plus sprinkler, that, that includes the sprinklers. Our committee's job is only to make a recommendation to the Operation Procedures Committee. It would be their job to take the recommendation to the full board, and it would be the Board of Aldermen's job to make a decision. Um, we are not making any decision for the city. We're just making a recommendation for the our committee. Um, knowing that the new building for the Payton building is coming online in a few months, we're going to have to fund people to work there. We're going to have to pay for electric. We're going to have to pay for gas and maintenance. Uh, with this building here, you would also have to, if you made it um, a municipal building, everything that's in this report would have to be done except for the last two, which are options. And those options are about 600,000 to 700,000. So you can deduct that from the 3.7, then that's where we come up with the approximately $3 million. Fix. I mean, I certainly do not want to put this on the back of the taxpayers. I don't know where people think we're going to get the money to do this. You know, when we first heard we were going to get the building, we and Sony approached us. They needed a senior center because theirs was being taken away with uh, development. We thought it would be a great idea if we could get both towns together. But um, it just has, it's just too cost, just, just cost too much. I, I don't know where we're going to, where are you going to get $3 million? If you, if you did half of the work, you're still at $1.5 million. So, I don't know um, where, where we would do this, and certainly with the tax burden of the sewer system and, and uh, the new building coming online, I certainly, as a taxpayer, won't want to put it on our backs, and I don't want to put it on your back either. So I would like to make a motion to make a recommendation to the Operations and Procedures Committee to vote to sell the building. There is a buyer. You got to put it out to bid. And it's up to the board of all. I just had two questions. I don't sure. know if you could hold your motion for me. Yeah. I know, it's, I realize it's a big downer. When we saw this eight months ago, we said, wow, we're finally going to have a decent building for our seniors. It's a city building. It's a good location. And somebody is coming with us. But uh, with, with the numbers that you see here tonight, I can't argue with the numbers. I can't argue and say, let's spend a million dollars, $3 million, or let's put it out, have it for sale, and put it on the tax rolls. When I'm here with my voice for the people, I've got to say, you know, put it out 
for sale and let's get the tax dollars. But I'm very disappointed in this. I was just made aware at our last meeting, it's only our second meeting, I was all set gun ho and all of a sudden boom, I got hit with this. But do we know the, uh, the approximate value of the building? Right now, the value of the building is probably about 475000 because of the work that has to be done. And if we sold it, that's about what we get? If you get that, it's going to be, somebody's going to have to really want it to put all that kind of money into it. Depending on what their use is. Exactly. All right, thank you. Any other questions? What I can say is, is, as the chairman of the tax board, that year after year, we, we just crunch the numbers just to take care of what we've got and then to have a little extra over so because you need, you know, a little maintenance here and there. And it's, it's like, it's just very hard to do. So I just don't see, unless our revenue goes up. I mean, I think the seniors definitely need a new building. I think it makes more sense to me to look around more to keep searching and find a building that also you like, but that's more ready to move in. So I, I mean, we would have to go out to bond or something. We literally end the operating budget with the current grand list. Just don't have that money. Just not there. And I don't know where they take it away from. Because that would be sketchy. I mean, I don't think this is a good idea for a senior center. It's just, it's out of the way. I had some other ideas to put into it, but I'm not going to argue with Johnson Controls at this point. It's not our place. The only thing that bothers me is, like we spoke before, making sure I, 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 called, I called Dominic Thomas on that. He said no. All right. Uh, I mean, I would have Corporation Council talk to Dominic. Dominic was on there for The other board, the other board will have to vet that out. Yep. Um, just out of curiosity, Sue, so how many square feet is that building you're in now? 6,500. Yeah, the other one's 65,000 square feet more. 6,600. 6,000, 6,700. I have the uh, assessor's card. That's, it's just a ballpark. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, 6,800. 6,800. Judy had something. She just said about the move-in condition. I'm sure I'm going to make a lot of people upset. We're building this brand-new field house with a museum in it. Why don't we see if we make some room for the seniors in that building? It's going to have a brand-new kitchen. It's got plenty of access. They can watch the sports from it. They can watch the practices of it. The sparrows can come back and be inside. I mean, there's a perfect spot. They don't need a lot of space. We've got something we can propose to the building committee. You know, it's, they want to go to the park. It's right across the street. They want to play in the field. You got the field. You want to use the track. It's right there. When I was in uh, San Francisco many years ago, my youngest daughter was going to private school there, and it was a school, it was a, I don't remember what the building had been, but upstairs was a, was a daycare and a school, K-6, and downstairs was were the seniors. And then it was just wonderful, because they would interact back and forth, and then there was always something going on, and... It's going to be used anyway. You're going to pay to heat it, you're going to pay the electric okay, maybe we'd have to worry about some scheduling, but I don't know what a footprint of the building, but. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. I don't think the senior, do the seniors want to be off on their own, or do they want to be involved? I mean. Well, even if they want to be off, I mean, okay. practice is only there when you're going to have to know. Yeah. 
mean, but as far as this building, I really think it's, it's not the city. It's, we can unload it, and I think it's well worth finding them in the home. Any other discussion? <clears throat> Motion on the table? A second. All in favor? Aye. This is the COVID operations procedures. This is the Senate operations. Any more discussion? Okay. So to adjourn, 612.